Welcome to the Under Center Podcast presented by St. Xavier University. With our Bears contributor, Eric Strobel, Tony Gill is running the show. We're Sands, Alex, he'll be back, and I am Kenneth Davis. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Bears' future cap situation. Would you want a middling GM, referring, of course, to Ryan Pace, or someone who is just terrible? Um, Sean McVay has a couple of quotes on his expectations, perhaps, to see Justin Fields on the field this upcoming Sunday. And uh, what's going on with Eddie Jackson and how he feels about his past play this, this last season, the season before? As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. How you doing today, E? Good to be back with you, Ken. Uh, sorry I couldn't join on the, the, the early week episode. I had some White Sox obligations getting into the pennant race. Or the, you know, they're obviously doing quite well in their division, but we're heading to the home stretch here. The magic number is back in play. Like, it's exciting times for Sox fans, and I, I help out in the studio with a lot of that, our pre- and post-game programming. So couldn't be with you guys uh, for Monday's up, but happy to be back uh, today. And I'm just, I don't know about you, man, I'm just... I'm excited. It's opening. There's real football this week. We got less than a week till the Bears kick off their season uh, a Sunday night in Los Angeles. Now, who knows how that game's going to go, but I'm just I want real football back in my life and I'm excited about it. I want real football back in my life, but I'm fearful of some of the emotions it can maybe conjure up within me. <laughs> so that, I, like, I hear I, that. I hear that. Yeah, like, I don't want to go to sleep angry Sunday night. You know what I'm saying? Especially putting so much into it for us to come here and talk about it so then i have to relive it when we when we do our show probably monday morning or whatever um i guess that's my only fear um hoping that this team can figure out some of this holes so that we can have a decent season that can be enjoyable because i mean our off season was sweet until training camp started you know what i'm saying like the the field's high yeah yeah it was all the high was so high so (laughs) until training camp started and reality starts setting but i'm with you and you kind of you're getting me amped i'm looking forward for some real football discussion i'm looking forward to see nationally uh the narratives necessarily change so we don't have to just talk about the rookie quarterbacks you know we have it's more meat on the bone talking about games played rather than what we expect to come uh, up this upcoming season yeah, there's only so much prognostication and, and discussion you can do, um, especially before the preseason when it's just training camp and it's just practice and we're not, you know, you and I aren't at Hallis Hall. And then you see preseason. It's like, yeah, they're playing, but it's not in the configuration we're going to see in the regular season. And some guys don't even play like a Rob. I don't even know if he played a snap in the preseason, for instance. Right. Um, so there's only so much you can glean out of that but now now it's the the real thing is coming down the pike here and i'm with you man i mean i don't want them to get don't get me wrong i'm not going to be happy go lucky just because we got football back if they lose 49 to 7 but i'm just excited for that that moment of kickoff and it's like okay now we're going to see what we got and where it goes from there we'll just have to see but uh there's always that part of me as a fan where it's the eve of the season and you just 
if you're not optimistic, I don't know. Like that that's part of of my being a fan of my fandom is you got to in my mind, you got to have some sort of excitement because it's everyone's 0-0. Now, do we think the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But I don't know. You got to have some to me, some sort of excitement in, in some fashion going into opening day. Well, sticking with this this first game, Sunday night versus the Rams out in Los Angeles, um, Sean McVay, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, said something I yeah. think that we've talked about. And he pointed out that he said that, you know, basically, I think we'd be naive. This was uh, written up on NBC Sports Chicago by Michael Allardyce. Check out our head, our, our higher up. I think it would be naive for us not to prepare for them to be able to utilize him in some form or fashion, speaking of Justin Fields. Uh, but Andy is a winning quarterback in the league and does a good job. I really have seen a lot of film on Andy, even going back to uh, when Jay Gruden was his offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. So very familiar with all the really good quarterbacks he is. He does a, a great job being accurate anticipation, so on and so forth. But to bring that up, and I think that's something that we've talked about as far as having packages for Justin yeah. Fields. And this isn't, this isn't just something that's unique to the Bears. We've seen this in the past with a rookie quarter when you have an established quarterback, but you have a rookie quarterback and you and perhaps too that rookie quarterback may provide a different look due to some attributes that they may have, like sure. Justin Fields' ability to run and throw off on and throw while running. Um, so I, I mean, I hope Sean McVay is right. I hope that Matt Nagy definitely has packages for Justin Fields so he can start to acclimate himself to the speed of the NFL when the games really counts. And also it gives you a trickster in a way to be able to kind of throw other teams off. Also, and one thing that Sean McVay said, it, you also make another team spend more time preparing for something. And that means less time for them to prepare for when Andy Dalton's on the field. Yeah. I think there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, and you mentioned we've seen, this isn't some new thing. Like the 49ers are probably going to do this this season too. Like this is uh, not unique so to speak but it's unique in bear i can't remember a time when the bears were doing this unless you know unless we're going back to the time when they were just shuttling in different bad quarterbacks because it was like we got to do something here Mm -hmm. um but i think it makes some sense uh i'm on record and i've said it before i think if they think that fields is ready enough to be on the field he should probably be playing but that's clearly not the way they're going to go so that is what it is I think it makes sense to have some packages for him because a it like you said, Ken, it 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 does create some confusion even if you're quote unquote prepared for it because in the heat of the moment they swap out quarterbacks say or they whatever however it happens and all of a sudden the defenses minds are are, are racing it's like okay this guy can do different things what did we talk about in that meeting oh that's right and they're thinking and all of a sudden they're not just playing they're thinking. And mm-hmm. we all know, we've all seen that Fields is one of their best playmakers w- with the ball in his hands, which obviously, mm-hmm. as the quarterback, the ball is in his hands quite a bit. Uh, and he can just do different things. And, and he brings different a- attributes to the table than what Andy Dalton does. And this is no shade at Dalton. I think Dalton's an upgrade over what they've had at quarterback the last couple of years. And for all the play, you know, push tamping down of Dalton because we all want Fields, I do think Dalton is an upgrade. And it's just that's it's just a different conversation about the fields over him situation. Um, and the last thing I'll say, I think you alluded to it. It gets fields game reps, legit game reps in, in the toughest of situations in this case against Aaron Donald and the ferocious Rams front. And if you go forward doing this, say Andy Dalton is still the starter week two. Again, it just kind of gets him and get uh, dips just the field's toe in the water ever so slightly so you can kind of just acclimate him to the speed of the NFL game outside of the preseason which as we all know is is a different animal than once the games start counting for real but 
I think it's a smart play by the Rams to not discount the fact that Justin Fields might be on the on the field at some point. Sean McVay is no dummy. He's proven that over his short time as a and very successful time as a head coach here in the league. And uh, it's just uh, another wrinkle that we have to all be prepared for potentially on Sunday night uh, at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, when which, are we which by the way, will be full for the first time. That SoFi debuted last year, and there was nobody there. So this will, the Bears will be playing in the first. Uh, I don't want to say legit game, but first full throttle game at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I mean, those fans have probably been longing to get in there just over the hype of that initial season of having the Rams back in L.A. And now looking at where they are, now they have Matthew Stafford. Those those fans are probably going to be just foaming at the, the mouth. And let's not forget, there's going to be a lot of Bears fans there, too. I expect True. a hearty okay. Bears contingent there on Sunday night. Bears fans obviously travel well. L.A., not football in particular, and some of their other sports, not known for the, the full packed house diehards just of the L.A. teams. A lot of uh, transplants and people traveling uh, often go to Dodger games and Lake, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think there'll be a good, a good. I don't know if we're going to hear the Bears like- contingent. I don't I, I of course you're right but I don't know if it's going to be a situation where like you can hear you audibly clearly can oh, hear No, I'm not saying we're going to hear like Justin okay. Fields or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think when they show when they show the crowd the wide shots, we're going to see a lot of, you know, Navy 54, yeah, yeah. Navy 34. Like we're going to no, see Navy some one. Navy 1. Yes, we're going right. to see some good we're going to see some uh a good turnout by Bears fans, I think. Yeah, as long as uh, Justin Fields doesn't get killed by Aaron Donald, I'm fine with everything that takes place. <laughs> hey, you know what? At some point, you can't avoid anyone, right? In the NFL, right? At some point, there, there, there's I, I no, there's no hiding in the NFL. So that, that's why I was kind of like, as long as the staff feels comfortable with where he's at, play him because, again, you can't run away and hide from from the best. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So. We'll see how uh, they handle this, but obviously Andy Dalton going to be taking that first snap uh, under center. No, I, no pun intended on uh, Sunday I, night. I wonder, I wonder, will Justin Fields, if there is a package that the Bears uh, package for him, that the Bears bring him out, is it a situation where they do this in the first half and the second half, or is it a situation where they do it perhaps multiple times in the first half, second mm-hmm. half, or does it necessarily depend on how the game is going? If maybe it's going a, maybe it's a situational package, maybe it's a red zone package, maybe right. they bring him out in the red zone. Uh, who who knows? Because he just brings that that extra element uh, on the edge in particular, and who, maybe you have both quarterbacks on the field at the same. Who knows? I, it could be perhaps. Anything. Perhaps. So uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, it's just again, man. Depending on how the season goes, I just I want to be in a good I want to be in a good mind state. That's all I want to say. I want to be in a good mind state because the, the Bears can bring you down, man. The Bears can bring you down. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. We all, I'm <laughs> sure, can, everyone listening. There's been moments for everybody where it's just right. You're right. I mean, beaten la- down by this last franchise. Year, party. I mean, forget the six game losing streak. Right, the first. Five games were so stressful, and they, they were had soul a winning, sucking. Yeah, it had a winning record, but it was like I was so taxed. Like you never felt comfortable right. during any of those. You games. had those like, two oh, fourth quarter comebacks: the one in Detroit to open the season, then Atlanta with which was the uh, the Foles replacing the Foles, Trubisky game. Exactly. You had that uh, that Giants game where it looked like they were going to run all over them at home, and then it became a little stressful down the stretch. It just wasn't you're, – you're right. And then you get – that's not even talking about the six-game losing streak they encountered later. Right. It was just a stressful uh, 
soul-sucking year uh, to be a Bears fan last year, which is, which rinse and repeat. I mean, let's be honest. It's not the first time we've said those words about a season or we could have said those words about a season. So, I, yeah, I think I'm with you. We just want to have some excitement, have some signs of progress. And, yeah, number one literally is to see number one on that field and playing well. And it, it'll happen, I think, sooner rather than later. I think the the exact time and place of that decision is only known to a few. Yeah, just to a few, just to a few. And something else that jumped out to me just perusing uh, the Tribune today, uh, Colleen Kane in one of her articles uh, had something about uh, Eddie Jackson. And Eddie Jackson said that he had a lot to prove. Um, and he was talking about the fact that he had those two touchdowns, taking those pick sixes taken away from him last year, and that he wasn't necessarily going to cry about it. And also mm-hmm. that Khalil Mack had kind of passed along some of the wisdom he learned from uh, Charles Woodson. And uh, he, and he, but he also went into the, the, the he also went into the fact that he has to be more diligent in his tackling at the point of attack and mm-hmm. running through and finishing. That's something where Eddie Jackson, I think, we've all necessarily complained about. It's it's good to hear Eddie Jackson say that, but he has to get on the field and and prove it. Um, Eddie Jackson has been a player that the, the Bears have depended on. You could tell one through the amount of money they paid him. Yeah. I was just looking at that contract and $54 million for safety for four years, especially before all these safeties start getting paid the last couple of years, is a nice chunk, chunk, of, chunk of change. Yeah, it set the market at the time, I believe. Yeah, for the it for did, it did. Yeah. And we know how strong you have to be up the middle. Um, Eddie Jackson can ball out. And I'm not, of course, saying that he can get like six interceptions or anything like that. But if he can be stout and also be a playmaker, it can really help cover up some of the deficiencies that 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 uh, back, that defensive backfield has at, at that opposite corner of Jalen Johnson. So yeah. um, it's nice to know that Eddie Jackson knows that he has his hasn't lived up necessarily to that contract. And it'll be interesting to see with the number change, uh, how he goes out there and, and, and tries to live up to that to that contract, because if he does, it's really going to benefit that defense. And we definitely need it if we talk about doing anything this season. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a he's a key. Playoffs. He's a key figure on that unit, right? Obviously. I mean, he has been for a few years now, but this year more so than any. And you just, you just detailed why that secondary is a little lacking uh, personnel-wise in comparison to the last few years since Nagy got here anyway. Um, so they need him to to be great, uh, not just be good, but be great. Um, and what he said yesterday, um, it was notable to me because he hasn't shied away from the fact that he had a down year last year. But this is the first time where he he called it a bad year. He said, I'm just going to go with a bad year last year. Uh, even though they took away these touchdowns and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I still, quote, I've got a tackle, still break on the ball, break up passes, stuff like that. So it's it's good that, I, I mean, I'm sure he knew this. This was not news. But the fact that he's putting it out there in the into the public sphere, it's not just something that he's using as in-house or internal motivation. He's, he's throwing it out there like I'm showing accountability. Again, not that he hadn't been accountable to his teammates or to his coaching staff or anything like that. I'm not trying to imply anything like that, but it's just good to hear on the eve of the season that he's aware of that and he's working to improve on what what is it, uh, what happened last year because, like I said, there's a lot expected and a lot needed from him. And I think more than anyone, um, the, the Sean Desai's promotion to coordinator mm-hmm. is going to really help him. Uh, and unlock him, I should say, because Sean Desai obviously was the safety position coach prior to his ascension. And he knows exactly how to get the best out of Eddie Jackson, more than anyone in that building. So I fully expect uh, Bo Jack to really ball out this year. Um, Maybe some of those touchdowns don't get flagged this time, which would be great. Um, 
And uh, yeah, they're going to be relying on him and Tayshawn Gibson senior quite a bit back there because we're just not sure. We don't, we still don't know exactly who's going to line up at CB2 on Sunday night, which Mm -hmm. is uh, concerning as Adam Hogue has mentioned several (laughs) times uh, to say the least. So yeah, that was probably the biggest thing that stuck out from yesterday's availability. The first uh, game week availability of the, of the season. Uh, And yeah, much is expected of him. And I think he's, he's accepting of that and embracing that. And uh, like, uh, like he said, Khalil Mack told him, and this was passed to Khalil Mack from Charles Woodson. If you're a great one, you're going to find a way to make a play. And I think, uh, I have a gut feeling that we're going to see Eddie Jackson return to those uh, to that playmaking ball hawking style that we've seen uh, in years past, and uh, that will be a great man, Khalil Mack. Sure, that'll be a great if if both of those guys are firing all, on all cylinders. Watch out that that unit will be uh, formidable to say the least. To say the least. It, 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 if you got both of them going, we can already just say basically you got a top eight defense, to be honest with you, if both yeah. of them are, are, are really going. Are wrecking, you know, uh, doing what they can do, playing to their full potentials. Yes, exactly. Yes. So that's, that's, that's like you say, it's good to hear. Um, I think before training camp, oh no, during training camp, I think we were all feeling that the vibes on this defense, they were going to play closer to 2020. I mean, 2018. 2018, sure, yeah. To play closer to 2018. I mean, not again, not all of the turnovers because you, that that's just – you never unsustainable. know. Unsustainable. Exactly. Turnovers are cyclical. I mean, 36 in one season is insane. Exactly. I, they just need they, – they had basically – dropped in half though the last couple of years and that can't have they need to be better yeah. in that regard yeah. and you need to be around 20 yeah it's exactly. 20 or more i think uh, one, you know one plus a game is what you got to yeah. be going for 100 percent. and uh you mentioned the number change uh the turnover bucket there's just a different swag a different energy going on this year and i think it's only a good thing for that group uh going into the regular season here they're just they seem to be playing with some of that that verve and that uh, not that swag like i said before they're just they're just yeah. carrying themselves it seems a little differently uh heading into the season than maybe the past couple and i think that comes from the top down i think that comes from sean desai so uh excited to see how his first forays as a uh, defensive game caller go uh, it'll be interesting to see if he chooses to go up in the box or down in the exactly. field obviously he switched uh, during the preseason and uh that's just one of the you know we talk about eddie we talk about khalil desai's uh, start as a coordinator here is another massive storyline and cornerback. I mean, there's just a lot of in- intrigue. Then we're just we just don't know how it's all going to go, and we're going to start getting answers on Sunday night. And I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, something we are going to have to wait for, but we kind of know what the future is, is going to entail, is the cap situation that the Bears yes. are going to have moving forward. 
um what was it uh ryan uh springer who's who's uh put out that tweet well, it was reported earlier this morning uh, by Field Yates of ESPN that the Bears okay. converted a portion of Jimmy Graham's salary this year into a signing bonus, which there's a lot of cap mechanics out there. I don't pretend to be some expert, but it created basically cap space, four and a half mil, a little over four and a half million of cap space this year to help cover their injured reserve, some of their movement on their roster, give them just that little bit of extra flexibility going into the season. But. Uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus at PFF Brad. He's a, he's an awesome follow on Twitter. Does great work. Been on this podcast a couple of times. We're big fans of him. Um, he basically took that and ran with it because he obviously works with all these numbers and the, the the salary cap and all that stuff. And he basically said, OK, so Graham is going to leave because of what they did this year. It's going to leave four point six six. That so that cap space they get this year the Bears get that's four that that same number is dead cap for next year, and they already have a good amount of dead cap next year. So you take that you add three million more of dead cap from Charles Leno Jr. and Riley Ridley. There are void years and slash dead cap from uh, Jermaine Fetty, which is a million and a half dollars. Uh, Andy Dalton, which is it was just a one year deal, right? But they made five million of that go to next year to kind of spread out the cap hit. Um, Deshaun Gibson has 750K. Uh, Jesse James, Damian Williams have both under 500K. But this all adds up. So uh-huh. that's, you know, that's, uh, I think Brad totaled it out to about 16 million in dead cap just from those players. And that's not even counting if you want to say move on from Robert Quinn or move mm-hmm. on from Nick Foles. Because if you do either of those things, uh, especially prior to that June 1st kind of cutoff where the cap kind of can be uh, manipulated a little bit like Ooh. the Bears did with Charles Leno this year. They saved that cut until June 1st. Uh, if they cut Robert Quinn before June 1st next year, that costs them $9.3 million in dead cap. So that, then that number jumps up to – that total number jumps up to 24. If they do the same with Nick Foles, that's $7.6 So again – the math just keeps getting worse and worse. Say, you know, Danny Trevathan, things are kind of a little shaky with him right now, right? That would, you know, that's another, let's see, where is he? That would be another 8.9 million. So the numbers just keep adding up. And uh, Brad added it all up. So say they do a Nick Foles and a Quinn move and a Trevathan move. That dead cap number is at $42 million out of $208 million salary cap. That's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of money. So it's it's just the the, the math does not look great. Now, obviously, we've seen salary cap gymnastics before all over the place. That's what the the running joke is that the salary cap isn't real. Right. You can change all these things and add these. But this is already the the, this is the bill coming due. This isn't just these are the deals that we have and we can manipulate them like we did with Khalil Max this year and Cody Whitehairs, et cetera. That number that we've been talking about, that is the bill coming due. The bill always comes due at some point. So mm, you have over 40 million of dead cap. That's not helpful, especially when you're trying to win with a rookie quarterback on that most valuable asset in the NFL, right? Is the rookie rookie quarterback contract. contract. Right. And it's like, okay, we have that, but we also on the flip side have this anchor around our, our ankle dragging us down into the muck. So they're, they're, Clearly, they need the flexibility this year. That's why they did what they did from March until today with that Graham move. And to me, that screams, hey, we're trying to be as good as we can be this year. We don't want to eat that poison pill or those poison pills this year. I don't know how good they're going to be this year. Might it have been smarter to eat that money now and and have some of the books cleared for going forward? 
I don't know. I don't have the books in front of me. Obviously, we're just going off what's the information that's available to us. But it begs the question, how are you going to build help build this team going forward when you have all potentially all this 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 dead money? It's certainly not going to help you. That's for sure. Well, I'll, I'll say two things. One, clearly, whatever happens next year, as far as anybody being released is going to happen after that june 4th or first june 1st yeah so that that was gonna yeah so let me give you the post june 1st if you so uh pre-june 1st say let's use robert quinn as an example because that's the the name that everybody wants to know about right you cut him before june 1st it's cost you 9.3 million against the cap you still save 6.7 million but it's it's not as much as you could have saved you cut him after june 1st you save nearly $13 million and it's only 3 million against the cap. So it certainly helps. Now, Nick Foles, contract, the numbers don't change. So if you oh. cut him, if you can't trade him, you're still eating that 7.6 million. <laughs> so that's going to be a bitter pill to swallow at some point, unless you say, Hey, we'll keep him as the backup to Justin Fields. You could do much worse as a backup. We know what Nick Foles can do as a backup. The point being, there's going to be some decisions that they have to make that might be tougher because of this situation. And they're they're just creating some stumbling blocks potentially for themselves uh, when you're trying to build your roster around this hopefully transcendent talent at quarterback. And it's just not what it's not what you want, Ken. It's not what you want. It's definitely not what you want. <laughs> and I'll say the second thing is this: um, when you're trying, when we talked about perhaps taking that hit this year, when you're trying to keep your job. You probably want to kick that mm. can further down to try to reestablish yourself as right. I mean, Ryan Pace is the general manager and Matt Nagy, of course, because it seems mm. like Matt Nagy is even more on the line than, than uh Ryan Pace. You don't want to sit there and have that dead take that dead hit this year. We want to get out there and try right. to prove to your ownerships that you want to keep me around. So a I lot understand of factors why. Play. a lot of factors yeah, at play. It's a lot of factors at play, but it, it also goes to show what is what the hell is Ryan Pace necessarily doing? And I know that'll lead into another conversation that we want to have as far as, and this is something that Tony had brought up, as far as if you had your druthers when it comes to a general manager, would you want one that's middling or in the middle of the pack, or would you want someone who was at the bottom of the barrel? Um, Speaking to Ryan Pace and his his aggressiveness to move up in the draft or his aggressiveness to go after a player and give up draft picks like Khalil Mack. Um, I'll say this when, when Tony, and I'm sure he'll chime in in a second. I was going to say, Tony, jump in when you need to, man, because this could be this could be fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have to say I would go – I would prefer my, my general manager to be middling in the middle of the pack um, because I think a lot of general managers actually are. I mean, every general manager misses on first-round draft picks. It's just does yours miss – consistently like ours right. has until the last couple of first round picks that he's uh, he's well, the last two or three first round picks that he's picked up after since Roquan I believe um that most of the most of the so time you're, you're he's saying missed. Roquan and, and Fields are the two that yeah. you'll give to him right yeah yeah because then, yeah, then, then it's I forget. then it's Mitch and then it's right. uh then it's uh Leonard and then it's, and it's Kevin uh, White Kevin White <laughs> which was yeah. so continue you know like yeah so I and then also with one that's middling, because it makes me kind of even think about Jerry Angelo. And Ryan Pace has some Jerry Angelo on him where, I, I mean, you know, he may he may not hit in the first round, but he he, he does develop depth in the later rounds and finds the guys. Um, and that's not necessarily what you, you – I mean, you would want to hit on those first-round guys, especially since you're paying them more. Um, but I, I would have to go with the guy in the middle of the pack because if, if my general manager was the worst or one of the worst – 
I mean, for for years, my team sets you back for a decade or more. That's about to say. And the worst, the worst part about it, you because Tony brought it up because he was saying that the 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 general manager that's terrible is easier to get replaced. They're not going to give him a chance. Well, one here in Chicago, outside of Phil Emery. Usually the 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 Hallets, I mean the, usually the McCaskies. Oh, Phil Emery. Oh. Right. The McCaskies. <laughs> exactly. But that was an outlier what happened to him and Mark Tressman as far as you know what, two years is enough, they're out. You know, so or three, I think three for Phil. Um and, and they're out. Usually two for here Tressman, Ch- right. Yeah. Yeah. Usually here in Chicago, they're gonna give a general manager perhaps four seasons at least before they, they dispense of them. So as you just said, I wouldn't want someone terrible who's not drafting anything in any round, basically, of quality to set that team back so, so, so far back, especially when you're talking about the, 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 the type of capital, because you, you would think if the general manager is terrible, you're, you should, you're at the top of the draft. You know what I'm saying? And so he's right. missing out on whatever quarterback, if that's what you're missing or tackle or whatever skilled player consistently. So give me the guy in the middle of the pack that can hit at this hit or miss rather than the guy at the bottom of the pack that, yeah, he may be his tenure may be shorter, but man, he may wreck this thing for a decade as you just hinted a minute ago. And I, I think I would tend to agree because I mean, obviously let's get this out of the way. This is just for an exercise. We'd obviously love to have the best general manager in the yes, league. That's just hitting totally. on everything and making the smart signings and manipulating the caps in smart ways. Like, of course, that's the, that's the goal. But that's obviously not the situation we find ourselves in. I, I go back to as as someone who cares about the team and watch the team, you want to be relevant. You want to be mm. in the mix. You want to be a contender. Maybe it's a fringe contender. Maybe it's legit. But you don't want the worst thing as a, as a football fan is to have your team be irrelevant. And we've had that far too often here over the years with the Bears, where it's just totally nobody cares. It doesn't matter. You're watching that the noon game for 12 straight weeks. And it's, <laughs> it's just who gives a crap, you know? So has Ryan Pace, in, in, for the, again, for this exercise, has he made mistakes? Of course he has. Has he been a perfect general manager? Of course he has not. But like you said, Ken, he's done good work in the middle of the draft to really help kind of flesh out the roster at, at some mm-hmm. key positions. Obviously, the first round failures, we don't need to relitigate here, but they've been plentiful. We certainly see, think Roquan is, is the best so far. Of course, Justin Fields, we haven't seen a ton of yet. That could end up being the pick he's remembered for in a good way, whereas Mitch is the pick that he will be remembered for in the negative. I'd rather be relevant. I'd rather have a shot. We know how quickly fortunes can change in the NFL as long as the base of your roster is not awful. Right. If you have, if you hit on a draft pick, if you hit on a quarterback, Justin Fields, and you have some pieces in place that you've assembled over the years, all of a sudden we could be talking about a contender for the division next year, especially if Aaron Rodgers isn't around. Mm-hmm. Like it can happen that fast. Has it been pretty this whole time? No. But I, the worst thing uh, that I can think of is that be just a disaster, all, top to bottom as an organization. If a general manager doesn't know what they're doing, they make dumb decisions all day long, all year long, year after year. You don't have a talented roster. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to the games. Everyone's wearing bags over their heads in the stands. Like, right. There's nothing worse than that. And I understand where, why Tony brought up because I get it. It's easy to cut the cord there, right? And to just move on. But that process takes time. If, you, if you're restarting from scratch, that's five years, probably four or five years. And yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think the Bears are in that bad of a spot yet, Tony, where they need to just cut bait and start from 
the ground up. I think they have some pieces where if smart decisions are made over the next couple years, they could have a really strong team. Will that happen? Who the hell knows? But at least the 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 launch pad is potentially prepared here with fields driving the rocket, so to speak, to use this tortured metaphor that I'm going off on. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd rather have the chance to be relevant than to have a hundred percent chance of irrelevancy. Let's put it that way. And look, piggybacking on that, one thing we haven't even talked about is the pro personnel side. Sure, like which we have very just, we know which we know very little about, of course. That's very much kept under wraps yeah. in house. Yeah. Yeah. So not just the draft picks, but the professional players that are already in the pros that you're going to bring into your program. So it, it, you, you can have a bad GM who's also messing up draft picks. You also have a bad GM who's giving out tons of money to players right. who are worthless, basically, when it comes to when they come into your program. So as as you just said, give me the middle dude. Give me the guy we got, I guess I should, we should say. Give me the guy that we have rather than X who sucks because X may get tossed out. And even if you look at this roster and you just said it, um, there are a lot of pieces on this roster. The fact is they're just now some of them are older, being right. the fact that the Bears have the oldest team by average in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But still, you have young assets. If if your tackles, let's just say if 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 – Jenkins and Borums, if, if they they play well, if they become if they become legit players, you got two young tackles. You got Eddie Jackson, who's still young. You got Roquan, who's still young. You have Bilal Nichols on that defense, who is That's still young, field, who's coming course. up for a contract. Yeah. yeah, then on the offensive side, you have Fields, Montgomery. You have right. Mooney. You know, so you have look, Cody Whitehair isn't old. Neither is James Daniel. So I know we look at basically on the timeline of Khalil Mack. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of the timeline we live on. But if, if if you could sit there and turn this roster over to some of these young players and, just, you know, as time goes on and Khalil Mack is gone, get you somebody who can try to get you 15 sacks in here if you don't have that person on the roster and you're cultivating them in a, a Snowden, Snowden or Travis Gibson. And I know that's pie in the sky right. saying that either one of those guys can become that. But I don't feel like Ryan Pace has put them in a, a horrible position because – one, his biggest move brought in Khalil Mack, and Khalil Mack keeps that defense relevant. And his second biggest move just brought in Justin Fields. We don't know what Justin Fields will right. be, but we think he'll be good. So making moves like that, thats they were head scratchers. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, what the hell is going on? The, the, it's, these were moves that were, were – Those were the two moves. Was, those two moves you just mentioned were the ones that galvanized the fan base beyond anything I've seen right. in terms of an offseason acquisition – with the Bears before uh, the only one that could come maybe close was Julius Peppers. Maybe. But I even remember, I don't know. I remember the first time that Demaz and myself were gonna sit in for Les Grobstein on the score, right? And we had two nights, I believe, the first back to back. And the, the, the Khalil Mack trade happened like a oh, day or man. two before. It was like, <laughs> yes, yes, thank yes! you, God, man. We have all heaven. this content to run off. Like, oh, dude, oh my goodness, wow, that, that, that's a that, gift. That, that is a true it gift. Was, oh, it was such a gift. It was such. Oh my a, God! On top of just us being able to talk about it, as you just said, they galvanized the fan base. All yeah. the callers, everyone's pumped. Everyone's been, everyone's wants to talk ah! about it. Yeah. And, so, um, and let's and let's be honest. I mean, I'm trying not to put on the bears colored goggles here, right? Like, of course there are issues with this roster and the way it was constructed that nothing is, it is not far from perfect, 
but I, I the way I look at it is there's only you can only you can't look back at what's done is done. There's no undoing the Robert Quinn contract. There's no undoing the Mitch Trubisky fiasco. It happened. Deal with it, right? Like you, the only thing I'm trying to look at this is what do they have in house? How can they move forward, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm trying not to be just the the like you just mentioned pie in the sky optimist. I I tend to be more optimistic just in as my nature. Mm-hmm. But I truly think that if Rodgers leaves next year and Fields is as good as we hope, the Bears probably are the favorite in that division, maybe slightly, but probably a favorite or co-favorite with Minnesota. Because I don't yeah, think I mean it depends on what if Minnesota's defense right? can bounce back. And, and all you I have to do is get to the playoffs. You just have to get there, and then anything can happen. We saw that right. on the negative side in 2018. The crap happens. Um <laughs> But that's what I'm looking at. Like this year, I'm kind of like, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. They are who they right. are. Let's just, as long as we get out of the season feeling good about fields, I, it's a win. It's an absolute win in my book. So that's why, what makes me think, okay, why would you, when you don't know exactly what next year is going to look like, why would you restart from scratch with a new hmm. team in terms of uh, a general you know, front office and whatnot? Because for better or for worse, continuity helps. It does. Especially, you know, and then going further down to coaching, you know, with with offensive system and all that. So, I don't know. That's that's how I approach it. Is it a perfect situation? Of course not. But few things in life are. And I think you mentioned uh, you go with the one you got, right? Because the grass isn't always greener. It just isn't. Yes. We saw that with we saw that with Phil Emery. Like everyone was excited, yes. and he was going to do things differently. And I'm not saying that whoever they may, they might bring in to replace Pace whenever that day comes is going to be Phil Emery, but. That that situation went from a nice, stable, like solid contender year in, year out for the most part to just a dumpster fire in two years. Two it years. happens fast. So that's kind of I guess I may be scarred from that eight, nine <laughs> years ago situation to say, like, you know what? Like, it could be worse. <laughs> Listen, when 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 George McCaskey comes out and says that I, I don't think she was 90 and his 80 something year old mother uh, was pissed. She was pissed. Pissed. Virginia was pissed. Yeah. That's saying that's saying a lot. Oh, and you just put something in my head though, that if if Aaron Rodgers does decide to leave the Green Bay Packers and they deal him someplace else that he wants to go, the Bears for the first time in my life, I believe, will have the best quarterback in the division. Yes. Well, hopefully, you know how crazy. Hopefully, hopefully, yes. Fingers crossed, but I mean, nothing is given, but it certainly seems that way. Yes, yes. It's crazy that that's never happened before. (laughs) You know, it'll be a first. It'll be a first for all of us, (laughs) right? I mean, but like, oh man, like that. You you just you gave me something to look forward to after this season. (laughs) Well, we had that. We had that glimmer of hope earlier this off season when it was like, is he gonna be gone? Is he? Is he gonna go? Is he? Now he's back and whatever. You know, good for them. But it certainly seems like the way that that went down is this is the the farewell. This is it. Yeah, the last dance. He wants to go somewhere else. Well, last dance without a title, but whatever. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) He has a title, but Devontae Adams doesn't have one, and that was ten years ago. So last dance light, I guess, perhaps. Um, But that's what I'm looking at. Like this year. Who knows how it plays out? They maybe they're a playoff team again. I mean, they were a playoff team last year and they got slightly better at several spots. Who knows? NFL's weird. Things happen. It is. But maybe they win four games too. It, it, I, I, this might be the widest range of a Bears season how it could go that I've I can personally remember. Um anyway, point being, 
that doesn't to me that doesn't matter that this is small potatoes i'm looking at 2022 which is like kind of to me the true start of the fields era and that i think the division is going to be wide open starting next year assuming rogers is gone even if he's not gone he's going to be close to 40 so it's like it's not like he's going to play forever now i say this as tom brady is the reigning super bowl champion at 48 years old whatever the hell he is um so that's kind of how i approach this why upset whatever the rickety apple cart is here going into that i mean cuz next off season is going to be hugely important and if you're dealing with upheaval as well it's like are you setting yourself up for for failure, uh, for failure essentially so yeah. that's kind of why i come down where i i come down on this issue i completely understand if you if if you listening out there are yelling at us and you're like what the hell are you talking i get it i get it cuz this has not been by any means a perfect tenure as general manager nope. for Ryan Pace by any stretch of the imagination so i get it that's just kind of how i come down I, I certainly tend to be a little more conservative in those matters in terms of let's just see it through it's not you know it could be worse maybe he you know gets lucky and figures something out and the light bulb goes on who knows cuz it's not a dumpster fire it's not right. a disaster it's not Phil Emery that being said if they had gotten rid of both of these guys in january I wouldn't have batted an eye. I've been like, yeah, it's probably time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But totally. Justin Fields gets drafted and that changes every it changes everything. It changes hey. every single thing about this. Totally. I totally agree with you. That's it for the Under Center Podcast. We'll be back Friday. All right, with the new schedule. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays is when you're gonna check us out during the season. Hell yes. Follow review. Also remember on Wednesday shows, Hogue will probably be with us. On Friday shows, Siapa Lewis will be with us. Uh, and if you're betting, make sure you use points bet. See ya. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. Mm. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.